The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome into At The Podium, episode 14, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist, and today we have our usual triple-decker of press conferences. First up is Doug Peterson after the game, followed by Carson Wentz, and then Doug Peterson after having the chance to sleep on it, so his press conference for Monday is included as well. There's a lot of questions about this 29-23 overtime loss to the Cowboys that pretty much wraps up the division for the Cowboys, including the decision to not go for the two-point conversion after getting the game to a 22-23 score late in the fourth quarter. Peterson also addresses the logic behind the third-and-one read option that failed to convert, which I actually agree is sound logic, but there's also plenty to criticize with some other things, including the officials, after their baffling call on the opening kickoff that awarded the Cowboys with a ball that should have gone to the Eagles. Also, I have a piece up on BleedingGreenNation.com that details how the Cowboys were able to limit Zach Ertz by utilizing Byron Jones against him in key situations, and also the Eagles' failure to adjust to that until it was time to play catch-up, which has been the story of the season, in my opinion. But enough shameless promotion for me. Let's get to these press conferences and hear it from the men themselves. Uh, yeah, decision-making was to kick the extra point, tie it up, and then uh, talk about the penalty afterwards to be able to go for it. Uh, no, I just I just elected at that point just to go for the kick and tie it up. Uh, we had a little discussion, but at the time, uh, we felt uh, where we were as a team at the time, we felt we felt good about it and uh, kept the points on the board. What was the explanation given on the fumble in the first play of the game? Um, just basically there was a, uh, you know, it was a clear fumble and then, and then just didn't know exactly, uh, who, who necessarily recovered at the time. It was a big pile, I guess. Um, and, uh, just unfortunate. Yeah, what were some of the issues for, uh, for the slow start again? Well, I think some of it, uh, you give credit to Dallas. I mean, this is a, it's a good defense. We knew that going in. Uh, some of it is, uh, you know, their design, very disruptive up front. Um, and then just, uh, comes down to, you know, attention to detail, focus, and, and uh, things that uh, have kind of hampered us a little bit all season, uh, showed up a little bit early in this game, and, and um, 
Uh, it was tough to uh, tough to get things going early. You knew the stakes of, of this game. What did you tell the guys in there afterwards? Exactly right. We knew the stakes of the game. Um, I just told them. I said, "Listen, you know, it's one of those games where you know, proud of the way they they fought, proud of the way they hung in there, battled back. We were really never out of this football game at all, and just basically told them that, uh, you know, listen, the way we all felt in that dressing room, you got to hate this moment. You got to hate this feeling. You just you got to hate losing, and and you got to you got to learn from it. And you got to you got to move forward and and uh, pick ourselves up off the mat and get ready to go for another one." Uh, go on that, sorry, to go back to the two-point conversion, that's a situation that you typically have gone for in the past when there's been a penalty uh, on the extra point. What was different about this game than in the past? Yeah, just uh, fourth quarter, um, you know, late in the game where it was, opportunity, you know, to just keep the points on the board. Um, nothing other than that. Would you agree that Carson looked a little hesitant through the first three quarters? I think there's enough to go around offensively. I don't think we put it on, on the quarterback. Um, I, I think... I think uh, we'll take a look at this film and and uh, and uh, you know make make uh, make the corrections where we need to. Um, you know this this is a tough game and uh, he's done some great things, just great things tonight in the second half. So uh, we'll evaluate the film and and uh, you know everybody will look at it and and um, go from there. Why do, you think, why do you think it took three quarters to finally get get things going with him? Well, again, I think I think you give credit to Dallas and their defense. I mean, this defense is playing extremely well, and uh, that's where the credit lies. You all in a pretty tough spot in terms of your postseason opportunities, perhaps. How do you keep those guys from reading the standings and saying it's just not going to happen this year? Uh, right now, we're not focused on that. We're focused on um, you know getting back to Philly, getting ready for the Rams next weekend, and uh, taking one at a time. How do you feel about the officiating tonight? Listen, they got a they got a tough job. They got a tough job, and I respect everything that they do. And uh, Again, we'll take a look at it, and, and uh, you know, if we need to send some stuff in, we'll send some stuff in. But uh, appreciate those guys. I mean, it's hard work, and uh, you know, they they bust their tail out there for you. Well, you, guys the shorthand, you guys are shorthand in the secondary. You have so many injuries, but but still, for what Amari did to the defense tonight, you know, fourth, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, how frustrating is that? Even though you are shorthanded, and it looks like Sydney's hurt still. And I mean, it, it's frustrating, but. You know, we just got to continue to push, continue to fight, continue to work. These guys, um, you know, it's obviously it's great experience for Boz, but uh, it's unfortunate with Sydney in his situation right now. But um, you know, we just, uh, you know, it, it is what it is right now. You know, and we just got to keep working and uh, you know get everybody ready to play, get everybody caught up, and and uh, and get ready for the next one. But you know, there's uh, there's no quit in this in this in this group, and uh, I think you'll see that next weekend. The decision to put Sydney back out there and then to pull. Yeah, well, we we checked him on the sideline, you know, and and felt felt comfortable, um, and and you know just uh, um, felt felt comfortable with him going back in there, and um, you know we'll evaluate it again, you know, tomorrow and see where he's at. But yeah, um, because of the injury or because he wasn't performing. Yeah, it was just it was unfortunate because it, it started to flare up again. Uh, so we decided to to risk any further injury, just pull him and and uh, put Boz in there. You had a play there with Smallwood in the game, pretty important play where he got the ball. I don't know if it's a check down to him or whatever, but he hadn't touched the ball in a good while. It seemed like an odd spot for him to be there. Well, when Corey went down, um, it was a, not so much an odd spot anymore. Um, and, and so, um, you know, we had, we needed him in a couple of spots, and we used him, yeah. As you get on the plane tonight, what part of this game is going to bother you the most? I think I think – the biggest thing that's going to disappoint me is just the, the the look in those players' eyes in there. 
and and to see the disappointment that that uh, we felt even even with as close a game as this really was um, and still not playing great offensively um, for the defense to come up with some big big turnovers keep us in this football game and, and not finish you know not finish this football game because um, we felt at the end even going into overtime that that there was some momentum on our side and just needed that one stop um, but for me it's going to be you know the look of of disappointment you know in, in the players and coaches eyes that's gonna that's gonna bother me on this ride home what'd you see with uh, Dallas Goddard what all of a sudden kind of freed him up why'd you guys start well you know yeah he's a he's a tremendous tight end um and again, we felt going into the game that we could we could utilize our two tight ends, and, and in the second half we, um, you know, mixed them in there really well, and, and it just created some matchups, you know, with their base defense that we felt we felt comfortable with, and and uh, he did a great job. There was a third down throw that Carson threw pretty well short of the end zone to Zach Ertz. What do you think his decision making was there? It was the one after the smaller play. I settled for a field goal. He slammed to Ernst, but it was at the five-yard line, third down. Was it after the penalty? It was after the Smallwood run. It was like third and goal from around the nine. Third and goal from the nine. My Ertz mind had, is, I'm, I'm push, blanking out. Ertz had a push in the back that put you guys back. Then you had a catch, and then Smallwood run, and then on third down and nine. Carson was it to the left, left, yeah. left flat? Well, short of the goal line. Yeah, it was a chance to catch and run at that point. And then if uh, I do remember the play, um, yeah, a chance to get a, a little bit of a pick, pick scheme over there with I think him and Alshon. I think that's the one you're talking about. Uh, put in his hands, chance to score, or you're in a situation because we had talked about possibly staying on the field on fourth down and going for it in that situation. Had two downs right there. Asked about that two-point conversion there. If you had to do it over again, would you have done it? Do you stand by the decision there? I mean, we can sit here and hindsight's, you know, what, 2020, 50-50, whatever the deal is, you know. Um, I'd kick the, I'd kick it. Um, I'd kick it. I mean, it's easy to sit here and go, yeah, let's go for two. Out there, a little different. Um, and I stick by my decision. Yeah. All right. That's a good defense, good team. They play hard, and uh, we just couldn't stay on the field. You know, we couldn't stay on the field, and then, uh, yeah, we just couldn't establish long drives and put things together and uh, just didn't execute. On the second and goal from, I think, the 11, it looked like, tell me if this is right, did you check to a run there where you handed the small up, and if so, what, what did you see on that play? Uh, it, was, it was already a run play. And then on the third down, the next play after that, you threw to um, Ertz on a slant, it looked like. What was your decision-making behind that? Yeah, they were just playing super soft coverage. You know, I was just trying to get it to him underneath so he could uh, hopefully get in get in from uh, in the middle there because they just went shell coverage and got wide, so uh, we just didn't hit it. I was surprised where you went the opening kickoff was reversed and went back to the Cowboys. Yeah, honestly, I'm not – I never even saw it, so I just, I just know that – that we all went on the field assuming it was that way. and um, Yeah, I, I got no opinion on that, though. Carson, how frustrating is it getting that? It seems like every week we sit here and ask you about the slow starts, and, and we're here in week 13 or 14 yeah. now. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's absolutely frustrating with uh, the, the talent that we, we feel we have on the offense side of the ball and um, just couldn't execute, couldn't sustain drives, and, and came up short here and there. And, um, yeah, without a doubt, that's frustrating. Switch really flipped in the, you know, down the stretch in the fourth quarter there. What was the, the key? Uh, 
hard to say. Um, you know, I think we just started playing our, our football, you know, just kind of went back to the basics a little bit and just gave our guys, um, you know, they were playing a lot of one-on-one on the outside and just gave, you know, Nelson and uh, AJ some opportunities there, and uh, they were able to make some big plays. Went to more 12 personnel down the stretch, and Dallas became a factor. Allowed that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Dallas is a great player. You know, he's a great player, tough matchup um, to, as far as being covered and everything. So, um, you know, I think it was just kind of in response to how Dallas was playing us defensively um, to get Dallas and Ertz on the same uh, on the field together. Um, and we, we tried to take advantage of it a little bit. You knew the stakes of this game. How do you explain kind of where the team is at this point? Say that again? You knew the stakes of this game, obviously. Yeah. How do you explain where the team is at this point or I guess rationalize where the team is at this point? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to, you know, get anything uh, do anything crazy, you know, as far as, you know, where we're at, you know, we, um, we will never quit. You know, I know that we'll never quit. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep competing our tails off and preparing our tails off and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, there was a strip sack at the end of the first half. What happened on that play? Uh, it was a strip sack. You know, I was trying to get it out, and uh, I didn't. Did you just didn't feel him or, or hear him? Or, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, he was behind me. I don't know. It's hard and stuff. But uh, ideally, I could get that ball out earlier, hopefully. Carson, there was a lot of frustrating moments in this game. How much of an impact do you think the refs had from that opening kickoff to even the, the Goddard TD coming back? Yeah, I never want to sit and question the refs. I mean, they have a hard job to do, and uh, quite frankly, I don't ever really see the calls. You know, you can't really see them on the jumbotron from where we're at. So I don't really, uh, I'm not going to stand up here and question um, what they did and how they affected the game at all. Did you, did you, did you want to go for really describe it sort of like a stunned silence in the locker room after the game? From your perspective, what were, what were you guys feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. I mean, again, we, we kind of uh, knew the stakes of this game, and, uh, you know, we were able to uh, stay in it. You know, we were able to stay in it, and, you know, we were we were struggling there for a while, and then we battled back, and we were extremely resilient, and uh, we just came up short, you know, and, and that's uh, it's never fun. It's never fun, and then to, to lose on, on that play the way it happened um, where Rasul made a great play, and it just, you know, bounced their way, and, um, yeah, just kind of, you could say, stunned a little bit, but... Um, just frustrating for sure. How are the feelings this part of the journey maybe over for you guys this season? Yeah, we don't we don't look at that at all. You know, I mean, everyone, um, like I said earlier, we're, we're going to just com- keep competing, keep preparing, um, and not really look at any of that outside stuff and just keep doing what we do and, and you know, try and get on a roll here and, uh, like I said, let the chips fall where they may. Did you want to go for it on two? Um, yeah, that's coach's call. You know, that's coach's call and um, with him 100%. And, you know, it's always, you could always argue it's easy in hindsight to, to look at that. But um, we made the decision and uh, went to overtime and uh, just didn't get it done. That said, after after you guys didn't go for two, you didn't get to touch the ball again. So what's going through your mind as you watch the rest of the game unfold? Helpless feeling. You know, it's a helpless feeling. You know, I got a lot of confidence in, in the defense. They were making plays today. Um, and then, you know, we just didn't. You know, like I said, it's helpless feeling not not going back out on that field. But you know, we just didn't do enough early uh, offensively, and that cost us. Carson, no. as much talent as you guys have, and you kind of mentioned it there with the slow starts. But are you surprised you guys are sitting where you're sitting with three games to go with 
what you guys did last year and having so many pieces back. Yeah, I mean, we're absolutely surprised where we're at. You know, we never uh, envision ourselves. We never kind of pencil ourselves in to be a losing record at this point in the season. Uh, we hold ourselves to high standards and high expectations. And, um, yeah, this, this is extremely frustrating where we're sitting right now. In the huddle after the 75-yard touchdowns called back, what are you saying there? What are you doing in that moment? Yeah, I mean, first of all, everyone was tired because everyone just ran all the way down there and had to come back. But, uh, you know, I just said, hey, keep believing. Keep believing, and then let's let's go get this done. And uh, we did. You know, we went down and, and scored there at the end. But, again, it was just too little too late. It's sort of uh, arbitrary for a coin toss to have such a big impact on the game, but did you – what, why did you choose what you chose? Did you consider? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't make the call. I didn't make the call, and, you know, like, that's just overtime. You know, that's just the way it happened today, and, um, again, it's, it's tough. Okay, more questions. When you look back at uh, this game and the previous 12, is, is the overriding theme that you guys have not been able to get a rhythm early game? I, I mean, you could say that a little bit. You know, we, we obviously um, – Everyone's seen what we put out there, you know, and, and getting in rhythm and starting slow has uh, unfortunately been a common theme for us, and that's something we got to look hard uh, at. And um, again, we believe we have the guys to start fast and just stay on it. Um, but uh, again, it's it's tough, and you could say there's there's a bit of a theme there that's that's frustrating for sure. As a follow up to that, as you fly back tonight, what's going to bother you the most? The fact that we lost. I mean, first and foremost, the fact that we lost. You know, there's there's a handful of plays that you know I think everybody wants back. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the tape and uh, be critical of myself and everything. But uh, it's hard to say one specific thing other than that we we just didn't get it done. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, you end up first half yesterday, 70 yards, 17 plays. Uh, how is that possible with the talent that you have? Yeah, it's not good enough. Um, first of all. Uh, We've, we've got to, we've, I mean, it's obvious. We've got to do better. Um, we've got to coach better. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to play better. Um, and there's got to be that sense of urgency um, by everybody, I think, going into any game um, to, uh, to start fast, to execute better. Um, and, and quite frankly, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. It's not a new problem. Though. I mean, it's, it's something that we've kind of talked about a lot of, on a lot of Mondays, the slow starts. Um, has it been difficult that you guys haven't even been able to to solve that problem through 14 yeah, it's weeks? been it's been difficult because it's not showing up on the field um, so again it goes back to you know um, how how am I teaching plays uh, how am I teaching uh, the openers um, and and I put a lot of a lot of a lot of that on myself you know because because I'm the one calling the play and and uh, I got I gotta start with that what was the thinking behind the, uh, the option plays for Carson Third one. Oh, it was, it was, it was, a, it really, we anticipated uh, in their short yardage front uh, for 90 to, to spike and to, and to come inside a lane. That's what we expected, a pirate stunt. And he actually, um, we were going to combo between him and him and Zach up to the backer. And then, and then we were going to basically just option right off at of 38 and it was third and one. And, and Carson could, could have dove and, and got the first down, but 90 didn't spike. He actually uh, stayed on lanes outside. So, um, you know, just a great play by the Cowboys. You hear about today that Carson Wentz tore his ACL, tore his LCL. Where have you seen him progress as a young quarterback coming back from that injury? And where do you feel like you still want to see him move forward? Well, one, I think uh, for, for me and, and really for him, I think, you know, the, the mental journey coming back from an injury for any player um, I think of Sproles, I think of Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, guys that we missed last year. 
um, that are back, and, and Carson's the same. So I think of the mental mental aspect of, of that and how well they they worked in the off season to get themselves back ready to play this year. Um, and now just moving forward, you, you see you see where all of those guys are. Um, you know, they're, they're playing. They're back out there playing. I, I, I do believe that sometimes these injuries could, um, you know, from the standpoint of, of, in Carson's case, missing the first two games and then and then really kind of missed training camp and you know so. But now he's feeling good. You know, uh, he's feeling he's feeling as healthy as he's ever been. Um, Sproles is feeling the same way. I know JP is, is has fought through a couple other injuries, but he's. He's pretty much feeling the same way, um, but it is—it's that mental journey, I think, to get back to this point uh, where they feel comfortable and confident in, in what they're doing. As far as injury, mentally there. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. There's no, there's no um, after effects at all from the knee. He's playing. Is it physically? Do you see the mobility that you saw last year? I think what you're seeing is—is—is uh, he, he's had the ability to do that this year. He has escaped the pocket. I think if you're referring to yesterday's game. Part of uh, the sacks were just the collapse of the pocket and keeping him in the pocket, so there really were no running lanes yesterday to, to escape. As, as far as injuries, Corey Clement, Josh Sweat, and Isaac Simon, where they Corey Clement, um, we're still waiting on a couple of MRI results to come back today, so we'll find out more later today. I'll probably have an update for you on, on Wednesday for sure. Uh, Isaac um, is going to be day-to-day, um, quite frankly, with his pec. Um, who was the other one? Josh Wett, same thing. Still waiting on pending MRI result to come back. Coach, what thoughts have been on Carson's accuracy yesterday and over the past few weeks? I think it could. Uh, he's been good. I wouldn't say he's been great. I'd say he's been good. Uh, he's made. You look at the fourth quarter yesterday, and it was great. Um, and and we, you know, and accuracy comes in many forms. It's not necessarily. The quarterback. I, I have to factor in route running. I have to factor in coverage. I got to factor in protection. There's all kinds of aspects that that go into um, accuracy for a quarterback. And, and one of the things that I think Carson, over his three years, has gotten really good. And he's gotten better at it. I think that's something that, that he's worked on. Press has worked on it. You know, with him, obviously the last couple of seasons. So uh, it's improving. And and he, you know, and and and, and he's really done. He's really made – I mean, you look at that throw he threw to Dallas. Well, two throws he threw to Dallas. He threw a corner route, and they threw that seam route. And those balls were, were laser throws, you know, pinpoint accuracy, and that's 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 where he's at, and that's what he's doing. Last year, the, the decision to not go for two, to, to kick the extra point there at the end, that would seem the prudent thing to do. You know, you get the tie, you send your defense back out there. How do you square that with – the advantage that being aggressive in those situations really seemed to give you guys last year and just that moment of, hey, we can take the lead here and put the pressure yeah. back on that. You know, I mean, if we make an extra point, we have the lead. I look at that, too. You know, I got to look at everything. I can't just look at one situation. I got to look at the entire pie. Um, so the two-point conversion, um, and and I got a report on this, and I, I you know, I, I can't off the top of my head think of exactly – the numbers, but the, everything was in favor of going for one. And even that we had the discussion on the field uh, during the uh, the penalty um, timeout, so to speak, to uh, make that decision. And with Dallas having a minute and thirty nine seconds, I think left uh, with two timeouts, it changes. So had we 
follow me here. Have okay, two situations. Go for it. Go for two. Obviously, you you make the two point conversion. You're up one, right? Dallas has two timeouts and every down available to stay on the field and kick a game winning field goal, right? Um, obviously, if we don't make it, chances are game's probably over, right? We kick it, we tie. Now, Dallas still has two timeouts. Now they're not as likely to go for it on fourth down, right? There's, there's a chance now, fourth and eight, that they say, you know what, we're going to punt the football, and we only have one timeout at the time with maybe no time left, and you're still playing, you're still playing for overtime. So for the decision now, the decision to, to go for one obviously favors us, and it gives us a better chance of winning that football game than it did for two. You said last year it was 60-40 in favor of converting. Well, the one was it after the Carolina game? And that was a that was in the third quarter. This is inside two minutes. Rates are about the same. Percentage wise, are about the same. Okay, but that gets back to my point, which is if I mean you wrote a book titled Fearless. I mean, going forward in the third quarter, it seems is far less fearless than going forward and, and putting it out there with the game on. You see what I mean? Like, like, you know, I understand what you're saying, but again, you know, with two timeouts and all four downs, and we hadn't really stopped them, you know, I mean, you can, we can, we can spin this thing, I mean, a hundred different ways, really. Um, and, and, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I still stand by my decision. And, and plus with the high kick, you know, we're, we're going to pin them inside the 20. I think they got the ball at the 17 yard line. And we were still able to stop them and go into go into overtime. Now, um, you know, and and so it, it does it does change just a little bit in those situ in those situations. End of game situations are different than third quarter situations. They're totally different. And and so we played the percentages at the end of the game, right? And and quite frankly, gave us the best chance of winning that game. So very end of the fourth quarter, uh, you guys got that sack with like. 11, 10 seconds left. Did you think about calling timeouts to force them to punt? No. No. Because they weren't going to call theirs at that point. You could have called timeouts to force them to punt. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, they were going to probably kick it in the end zone anyway. And then you end up kneeling on it. And you're out of timeouts and four seconds left. Uh, Sidney Jones was mentioning after the game yesterday that, you know, obviously his hamstring wasn't 100% and anything like that. Um, just kind of what was it like for him out there, like trying to guard Amari Cooper, and, and what's his status like going into Yeah, Amari is a, obviously a tremendous receiver, and, and he's done he's done some some great things there for, for Dallas. And, um, <clears throat> you know, okay, yeah, um, I got to be careful because – yeah, um, yeah. Kamari's a great receiver, and he's hard to defend. And early in the game, I thought I thought Sydney did a nice job defending a couple passes, a couple tackles in there. So um, you'll have to continue to ask Sydney on the rest of it. Jalen Mills's foot. You know, we were very optimistic that uh, Jalen was gonna was gonna get better, and it just wasn't it just wasn't there. Um, giving him every opportunity each week to uh, to, to continue to rehab and, and work it out and. And uh, it's just unfortunate that it wasn't where he wanted it to be, where we wanted it to be, and, and so we made the decision. He wasn't wearing a boot 
as far as we could tell for, for weeks and then all of a sudden he was what changed yeah this thing through through the rehab and 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 different things and and a couple of you know mri and x-ray results that it was best to put him back in the boot and see if it could help promote some healing and, and just immobilize it for a while sydney are you able to to get an accurate assessment and evaluation on him this year on, on sydney because of the injury and well what it, do you think? yeah I, I think it's hard i mean you know it's tough to get a true evaluation but we know you know we, we knew the player we were getting based on what we saw in college and and uh, he's a tremendous corner i mean he, he's a good cover corner and and I, I think that you know for any player that's dealing with um injury um you know you, you focus on that just a little bit and and it can it can pull you away from from playing at a high level at times. And I think that's where, you know, I can appreciate guys that, and, and Sydney is one of them, that guys that each week, every everybody's a little banged up, a little sore, going through stuff. And and uh, for them to battle through it, be out there, practice every day, um, and put themselves out there for the team, I think is a, is a credit uh, to each player. And, and Sydney's one of those guys. On the, open, on, the opening, on the opening kickoff, you challenge, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I very well could be, but you guys challenged that he was down before he fumbled. They overturned that, and then they decided that there was no clear recovery. But since they overturned it, shouldn't you have not lost your timeout? How, how does that work? Because they, the challenge was actually successful because you challenged whether he was down before he fumbled. Um, the challenge was the fumble and clear recovery of, of the ball. The play, right? Yeah. So we ended up. Um, so they overturned. They well, said it was, it was a, a fumble. true. It was a true fumble, but there was no clear recovery. So that was the explanation I got, and, well, and so we ended up losing the challenge and and the timeout. After looking at that, though, and after hearing the way your players responded after the game, and then after hearing the fans and how upset really everyone is, because that that call could have changed the whole the whole complexion of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts today, Sam? You weren't too hard last night. I'm going to stand by my statement last night. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and criticize. Um, that's not my place. We have an opportunity. We have a, a protocol that we can use uh, to turn in plays on a Monday. I, I, listen, I know it doesn't doesn't help us. It doesn't change the output of the football game. Um, it is what it is there. But, you know, there are there are plays that we want to get a ruling on and, and just see if if what we thought was correct or, or inaccurate. And, and so now uh, we've, we've done that on several plays. We're still waiting on some, you know, some uh, input back on that. Um, and, you know, it was just, it's unfortunate, Thanks. unfortunate. You talked about Carson's improved accuracy. And yet his average pass per length has dropped from 9.91, an average of 9.91 yard per attempt to 7.68. How do you explain that? I'd have to look at all the attempts and see if it's, it's if it's design, if it's scheme. Is he taking too much underneath? Is he not trying to push the ball downfield enough? Well, again, without looking at the coverage, coverage dictates where the ball goes. Blitz dictates where the ball goes. Um, if it's down the field, he's going to throw it down the field. I mean, you, you got to play quarterback in this league. You can't. Every play can't be designed to, to get you 20-plus yards. I mean, that's just that's foolish. Um, so you're saying that defenses are, are taking away the deep ball? 
defenses are playing defense. You're confusing to me because if you play quarterback in the, if you play quarterback in this league, the mentality is you take what the defense gives you. That's the mentality. And if it happens to be a back or a tight end underneath, then you know what? First and second down, we stay ahead of the chains. We get a chance to stay on the, on the field on third down. So if that affects the overall, probably going to affect the overall. But at the end of the day, I'd rather take a win over a two-yard, you know, discrepancy or whatever you got there. As a, as a follow-up on uh, Sidney Jones, about the fact he's playing for the injury, but he's, he's, he's come off the field now twice since the return. Where do you stand on him going forward this season and the cornerbacks overall, where do you stand in that position? Yeah, uh, you know, it's something we'll just, we're going to continue to evaluate Sidney uh, each day, make sure, again, that he's he's right, not only physically but mentally. I mean, it's a, it's a big part of it, too, you know, as I mentioned earlier. But... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, from the standpoint of the corners, I mean, you know, there's, uh, not a lot of depth there right now and we just got to continue to evaluate that and, and see, but, uh, you know, the other one we're hoping for is Avante Maddox, you know, maybe this week. So we'll, we'll see where he's at too. And, and that would, that would for now, well, just as an added, you know, safety nickel type type player and, and, uh, we'll see where he's at, you know, this week as well. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.